Where does Tennessee stack up amongst the other SEC teams entering the 2023 season? What about Joe Milton amongst SEC quarterbacks and Tennessee's defense? Will it be elite? That and a whole lot more. That's the conversation here on a Thursday. Locked on balls. You are locked on balls. Your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, good people? Welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day, and I am your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys being here, watching on YouTube, subscribing to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel. Can't thank you enough for that. Listening wherever you get your podcast, subscribing and following there. All that helps grow the show, and you everydayers are very much appreciated. Uh, how to become an everydayer? Well, show back up tomorrow and uh, find out. And uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. Got a fun show coming up. Um, it's been pretty uh, interview heavy this week. It's going to be very interview heavy uh, next week while I'm out of town. But today it's so low, it's just all me. And uh, we're going to go over some, you know, obviously, some Tennessee football uh, pecking order statuses entering the 2023 season. Uh, Matt Hayes over Saturday down south kind of put out his notebook a couple of days ago and had a lot of good stuff in there that I want to kind of touch base on, react to, and discuss. Uh, Joe Milton, um, you know, w w what's his pro projections for this season? And of course, is he the next Anthony Richardson in terms of the NFL draft process? And Tennessee's defense. You know, Josh Apple made a comment on the Big Orange Caravan last week or two weeks ago that it's not just going to be good, it's going to be elite. Um, a lot of people were kind of taken aback by that comment, but I'm going to go ahead and show you that the defense has improved and it could be a lead in certain areas. That's what you have to look forward to here on a Thursday show. So let's go over to Saturday down south. Matt Hayes, a longtime college football writer. A lot of good stuff in the, this first and 10 notebook he put out a, a couple of days ago. And, and first thing I want to comment on, he kind of ranks the quarterbacks in the SEC amongst tiers. It says tier one, championship level, Jaden Daniels. Will Rogers, Jackson Dart slash Spencer Sanders. Not sure how that's in there when you don't know which one of those guys are going to play. Carson Beck at Georgia. I'll quickly comment on these. Notice Joe Milton's not in this in this running. Uh, Jaden Daniels I completely agree with because he plays on a really, really good team. He's a dual-threat quarterback, played very well, doesn't turn the football over, and he showed that in year one of the system. You would think, just like Hendon Hooker, can take a step and get better in year two of the system. Will Rogers, I have very, very many questions. Um, I like Will Rogers. I think he's super productive. I think the numbers speak for themselves. But is that offensive philosophy? How much is it going to change? Um, you know, due to the tragic, uh, the the tragic passing of Mike Leach, and there's there's kind of a new offensive philosophy, if you will. How's Will Rogers going to be affected by that? Plus, you don't have enough, you know, weapons, and you don't have enough, um, you know, guys to get the football to in Starkville. So I'm not sure how Will Rogers is going to fare in that regard. But Will Rogers certainly been there, done that. Uh, he's a guy that's up there in the SEC. Uh, the guy that I think is going to start for Ole Miss is going to be Spencer Sanders. You know, he had a, an injury in spring, so there really wasn't much of a, a quarterback competition. But he's super dynamic, almost went to the college football playoffs two years ago over at Oklahoma State. Um, I think he's going to be the guy. But is he going to be in the upper echelon of SEC quarterbacks? I can't answer that. And then Carson Beck's an interesting one because we just don't know. Um, I've said many, many times that Carson Beck is going to be, a, a from a talent perspective, is going to be an upgrade from Setson Bennett. But Bennett's, you know, was sneaky athletic. Uh, Bennett was sneaky mobile. 
Mo mobile, mobile. <laughs> there you go. Um, he, of course, you know, had the leadership skills and had complete command of that offense. So from a talent perspective, you're getting better. And of course, we know George is going to have a good offensive line, a good run game. Low key has got some good receivers as well uh, that were, I don't think enough people give them credit for, if you want to call it that. But again, we just don't know because we've never really seen Carson Beck play. Uh, tier two from Matt Hayes, Connor Wagman over at Texas A&M. Devin Leary at Kentucky, formerly of NC State, and then Joe Milton of Tennessee. This is what he says about Joe Milton. Before we go further, Milton isn't Anthony Richardson part two. Richardson wasn't an elite athlete who would stress defense. Excuse me. Richardson was an elite athlete who would stress defense with his feet and at times as a dangerous thrower. That's not Milton. He's a good pocket quarterback who will take off and run if and when needed. While NFL scouts say Richardson and Milton have similar have a similar problem in taking speed off short throws, uh, that's where the comparisons end. The key from Milton in 2023 is growth. Growth from a miserable start in 2021 when he was benched for Hendon Hooker. Well, there was an injury there as well. And growth specifically from his first start against Vanderbilt after Hooker's injury last season. Against Vanderbilt, the 124th in the nation scoring defense, Milton went 11 of 21 for 147 yards, 52.4% completion, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, against Clemson, the 22nd ranked scoring defense in the country, Milton went 19 of 28, 251 yards, 67.9% completion, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and Orange Bowl MVP. Yeah, that's quite the stark contrast there, but I will say, again, those that watched that Vanderbilt game, those that were in attendance, I was there. It was a monsoon. There was sideways rain. Tennessee had a career day rushing the football. So really, there wasn't a need to put the ball in the air, especially in the second half when you just want to run that clock out, get out of there, and try to stay injury-free. So did Milton look sharp? Did he miss? Did Milton look sharp? No, he did not. Did he miss throws down the football field? Absolutely. But, I mean, hell, that win was incredible that day. So I'm not... I'm not going to place too much blame or stock into his performance against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Clemson, I will, because Clemson's defense is good. Even though they were missing a couple guys on that side of the football, as a unit, Clemson's defense was really, really sharp. And Joe Milton, without Cedric Tillman, without Jalen Hyatt, you know, made Clemson pay on three separate occasions. So I thought that was interesting. Other um, Tier 2 quarterbacks as well would be Spencer Rattler, according to uh, Matt Hayes, K.J. Jefferson, who I think – you know, both those guys, or at least K.J. Jefferson, could be in Tier 1, but it's about the, the product around you as well. Tier 3 would be game managers. He calls Tier 2 quarterbacks a step away, mind you. Um, tier 3 game managers. Peyton Thorne of Auburn, formerly of Michigan State, who they just got out of the transfer portal. Tyler Buckner of Alabama, who they just got out of the transfer portal from Notre Dame. A.J. Swan of Vanderbilt. Brady Cook of Missouri. And Graham Mertz. Of Florida, I would 100% agree that Mertz, Buckner, and Thorne will be game managers for their respective clubs. I think AJ Swan's a pretty good quarterback, but he plays on a horrible team, and that's unfortunate. And kind of the same for Brady Cook. I think that there's some athletic ability there with Brady Cook, um, but there's just not a whole lot of weapons and, and stuff to work with in Missouri's offense for Eli Drinkwood. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Take a look at the quarterbacks around the SEC. I'm going to have Logan Ward on one of the shows next week, and uh, we're going to kind of give our rankings of our top five, top six, seven, whatever uh, quarterbacks in the SEC and, and kind of give you where, you know, kind of what we're thinking of at least. Uh, if you continue to scroll down, 
this uh, newsletter type deal from Matt Hayes over Saturday down south. Uh, one of his points is your tape is your resume. An NFL scout analyzes a draft eligible SEC player. This week it is Tennessee's Brew McCoy. This is what that NFL scout says. Quote, there's no doubt he'll put up numbers in that offense. He'll be a volume catch guy because he's big and can get open and can catch um, you know, catch the football. I have questions about his explosiveness after the catch, his ability to stress vertically. But to be fair to him, he's barely played two seasons. This is now his second year playing at Tennessee. We'll see how much uh, easier it all looks for him. He needs to show that he can be dangerous after the catch. Uh, I think a lot of that's fair. Um, questions about stretching the defense vertically. Um, you know, he's not a burner, if you will. I wouldn't say he's slow, but he's not a burner. And so I think that those are are fair criticisms. Um, I think that he was pretty solid last year dealing with multiple injuries. I think he was pretty solid whenever he got the football. A lot of times, especially when Cedric Tillman was on the other side, he just didn't get looks. You know, in that Pittsburgh game, I think he had four receptions for like 50-plus yards and a touchdown on five targets or maybe four targets. They just didn't look his way a lot of the times and everybody was healthy. But um, he is certainly, certainly going to be the number one option for Joe Milton this year, along with Romel Keaton. Those two guys have a really strong rapport. Uh, a couple other things real quick before we get into our second segment about defense. Uh, this, seg- this section of the newsletter is called Powered Up. Power Pole, post-spring practice. Where does Tennessee rank, according to Matt Hayes in the Saturday Down South Power Pole? Number three, Tennessee coming in behind Georgia at one, LSU at number two. Interesting. Alabama's at number four. Tennessee, Heupel says the defense will be elite. Maybe that's just talk for the Big Orange Caravan, or maybe D.C. Tim Banks now has a scheme and has talent. We'll have more on that in segment number two. But the Power Pole has Tennessee at number three. Is Tennessee better than Alabama? If you stack the SEC teams 1-14, through 14, would Tennessee be a better team than Alabama? Intriguing, intriguing for sure. The note on Alabama says, a wildly underrated factor to the success of the offense in 2023. Can highly respected O-line coach Eric Wolford find a consistent group of 5-8 to eight linemen to perform better than he has in the past two seasons? If you're playing eight offensive linemen, you're not a very good offensive line unit. I'll tell you that right now. Um... So we'll see. I think also, uh, I think the key to Alabama is can you find that manager that won't make mistakes and kind of go back to the old school Alabama ways of just running the football, playing elite defense and winning that way? Because I think that's kind of where Alabama is headed back. For those interested, the rest of the power pole looks like this behind Tennessee at three, Alabama at four, A&M at five, Kentucky at six, Ole Miss at seven, Arkansas at eight, Mississippi State at nine, South Carolina at 10. Goodness gracious. Uh, Florida at 11, Auburn at 12, Missouri at 13, Vanderbilt at 14. South Carolina is down, according to this power poll. It says, the next step, responding to the big hits instead of collapsing. In 6 of 11 losses in the past two seasons, South Carolina couldn't withstand the initial hits and were routed by, in order, 27, 25, 30, 30, and 40, 41, and 32 points. So a lot of big losses for South Carolina. I do think South Carolina will be better than Mississippi State this year probably better than Arkansas this year as well. All right, so a couple other things from one other note here from this newsletter, and then we'll get into um, this is going to kind of lead me into the next segment, okay? So quote a note from this newsletter. Tennessee coach Josh Heupel speaking on the Big Orange Caravan Tour. We're going to play elite defense, not just good defense, but elite defense. We took huge strides in year two, creating havoc on that side of the football, end quote. 
Will Tennessee play elite defense? Is this just talk, coach speak, right? Why Tennessee will be better and why Tennessee doesn't have to be elite on that side of the football in order for the volunteers to take another step as a team in year number three now for Josh Heupel. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar looking for a delicious treat and a snack but don't want to sacrifice all the, uh, the, the, the taste, but you, you want it to be better for you. You got to try Bill. They got bars and puffs. So delicious for you. Um, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. But why is it so good? Well, I'll tell you, it's covered in 100% real chocolates. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. You can still get those specialty flavors by ordering at built.com. But now, Built's making it easier on you. Go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can buy Built Bars or Puffs off the rack. Go to Walmart and get a pack of four, uh, a pack of four uh, Built Bars or Puffs. Go to Sam's, pack of 13, get it at your disposal. And, of course, you can always still order at Built.com to get those specialty flavors. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, all this covered in 100% real chocolates. That is Built Bars. Go ahead and try them today. All right, guys, welcome back into your Thursday edition of Locked On Balls with Eric Kane. I'm your host, at underscore Kane on Twitter, at Locked On Balls. Shout out everydayers. Y'all are the best and what make this show go. I'm going to read that quote again as we talk about defense here in segment number two. This was Josh Heupel speaking on the Big Orange Caravan Tour in recent weeks. And he says, we're going to play elite defense, not just good defense, but elite defense. We took huge strides in year two, creating havoc on that side of the football. Does Tennessee need to play elite defense in order for this team to be above average? You know, trending towards the elite category. In my opinion, the answer is no. Tennessee wants us, everybody wants to sit here and say Tennessee defense is trash, Tennessee defense is awful. And we discussed this a little bit right after the season unlocked on balls but that couldn't be further from the truth okay the thing about tennessee's defense is you have got to throw out the total yardage you've got to throw out the total yardage okay because it just won't make any sense you're on the field so much more than any other defense in the league so you're playing more plays they're they're running more plays they're they're accumulating more yards so that stat just needs to be thrown out the window for sure what Tennessee needs to improve on, what we know is pass defense. Pass defense was so, so, so bad. It allowed 289 yards and a half per game through the air. That was 12th in the Southeastern Conference. If not for a regular season whopping of Vanderbilt, where Tennessee allowed just 107 passing yards. Remember, only allowed 98 passing yards against Kentucky. The Vols would have likely battled Vanderbilt for last place in this category in the Southeastern Conference. So from year one to year two, Tennessee's pass defense was actually worse as it allowed 273 yards an outing back in 2021. Total defense. Tennessee allowed 405.3 yards of total offense a game for opponents this past season. That was 11th in the league. Only Florida, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas allowed more yards on average in each contest. But in 2021, the Vols yielded Yielded 421 yards of offense and outing, which was 12th in the SEC. So, sure, there was improvement there by 16 yards. That's not a whole lot of improvement. But again, that stat doesn't matter, in my opinion. 
it doesn't matter, you know, what whatsoever, in my opinion. So uh, that that's just one of those things that is comparable. What Tennessee needs to do to get better is sacking the quarterback. Tennessee actually took a step back this past season, if it's hard to believe. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe to think about. Um, the Vols managed 31 sacks in 2022 compared to 34 sacks in 2021. Tennessee accumulated 94 TFLs in 2022. 102 the year before so again just slight declines not much but both of those need to be better overall overall so what have we learned so far total defense doesn't matter because when you're complimenting an offense like josh heibel's you're going to be on the field a whole lot more need to sharpen up the back end play better pass defense and that stat about pass defense and getting after the quarterback with sacks those go hand in hand it's all tied in if you have a good four front four you put pressure on the quarterback it's going to allow you to play more zone in the back end, a guy or two running free over the top, go get takeaways, and go back down that ball. Where Tennessee got better in 2022, which is significantly better than in 2021, that is what is encouraging about this defense. I'm going to tell you this right now. What's the most important thing in football? Scoring points. If you're a defense, it's allowed, allowing no points or limited points to get on the scoreboard, right? So Tennessee did a really, really great job. Gave up just 22 points a game this past season. That was six in the Southeastern Conference, compared to 29 points per game in 2021, which was 12th in the SEC. So Tennessee literally improved by a touchdown and the extra point in points per game. That's a great improvement. A great improvement. Tennessee took that step in 2022. Okay. Day and age, it's a little bit different. If you score 30 points in offense, you know, that's that's kind of normal now, right? Allowing 30 points on the scoreboard, you're seeing that more and more now. But this past season, the Vols held 10 opponents to under 30 points. Only Florida, Alabama, and South Carolina scored more than 30 points on the season. That is an accomplishment. What about takeaways? Tennessee had six more takeaways this past season, 22 overall, than it did in the first season in 2021 was 16. Its turnover rate of 1.7 this fall was fourth in the SEC, up from 1.2, which was sixth in the SEC in 2021. So they had more turnovers. Top five in the SEC, that's not bad. Um, they were really, really good against the run, exceptional against the run, allowing 115 yards on the ground per game. That was second best behind Georgia in the league. Now, sure, you can throw it all over Tennessee's defense. Why would you want to run it? I get that. But Tennessee was stout against the run. In 2021, Tennessee gave up 148 yards on average against the run, which was seventh most in the conference. So Tennessee, number one, cut down on the points by a touchdown, 29 to 22 points. Number two, it increased its turnovers from 22 to from 16 to 22 in year number two. 1.2 turnover rate to 1.4, which was top five in the SEC. That's good. Number three, outstanding against the run, allowing only 115 yards uh, per game, which was just fantastic. And I, I think some of those are the most important. But now, what about what about third downs? Okay, in in uh, 2021, Tennessee allowed offenses to convert on 42 percent of third downs. Those came on 216 third down opportunities. This past season, Tennessee cut that down to 34% on 190 third down opportunities for opposing offenses. That means two things, okay? The Vols were better on third down, obviously, and the group got off the field quicker. They had less third downs. 
meaning drives weren't lasting as long. 26 more, 26 less third down opportunities, in fact, compared from 2021 to 2022. That's really, really good. So check that. It's not elite, but it's better. And then the last point I want to make red zone bend, but don't break, right? Trade sixes for threes. Offenses, offenses found some type of points on 92% of red zone opportunities in 2021 against Tennessee's defense. That means when it entered the 20, when it entered the 20 yard line or, or, or further, right inside the 20 offenses found some type of points, 92% of the time they scored touchdowns on 72% of trips inside the 20 yard line. That was in 2021 in 2022 opposing offenses found points 75% of the time inside the red zone, but only scored touchdowns 52% of the time. That's the perfect example of getting better where it counts. Again, 2021 opponents in the red zone found points 92% of the time. In 2022, opponents in the red zone found points 75% of the time. In 2021, when in the red zone, opposing offenses were scoring touchdowns 72% of the time. In 2022, opposing offenses were scoring touchdowns 52% of the times. You're never going to be an elite defense, okay? You're never going to be an elite defense. You play too many snaps. But if you can continue to improve on third down, continue to improve on red zone opportunities, continue to improve on fourth down, continue to improve on takeaways, continue to improve on your pass defense, you are going to play complimentary football, and that's going to be good, not just good enough, but you're going to have all conference players. You're you're going to be standing out on the defensive side of the football. That's the challenge for Tennessee in 2022. You don't have to be elite. Just continue to get better in the areas that actually matter. Total yards, who cares? Points, keep them off. Tighten up on third downs, tighten up in the red zone, get after the quarterback, force more takeaways, defend the run, be a little bit better against the pass. That's my closing argument. You do not have to be elite. Just get better where it counts. And Tennessee took a step in the right direction last year, despite what everybody will tell you. We're not going to forget the South Carolina game. It was it was pitiful. It was a piss-poor performance, right? A little alliteration there. It was awful. But Tennessee took a step in the right direction last year. Can it do that again in 2023? We'll find out. Hey, Joe Milton. Could it be a first rounder next year? Let's discuss. On the other side, this is Locked On Balls. All right, guys and gals, we got a final segment left here of this Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you being here uh, on the show. Uh, got a question for you: Is Joe Milton going to be a first round quarterback selected in the 2024 NFL Draft? Of course, the 2023 NFL Draft wrapped, uh, wrapped up last weekend. And uh, that was a whole lot of fun to watch and, and all that, uh, all that, or two weekends ago, I guess now. Man, time flies. And so some of the conversations, you're seeing way too early mod drafts and all that type of stuff, and and you want comparisons and all that. And and an easy comparison, I mean, it really is, is Will Levis, Anthony Richardson to Tennessee's Joe Milton. Uh, Anthony Richardson had all the hype. Uh, Will Levis had a lot of hype after the transfer. Joe Milton at one point in time had a lot of hype in college. Uh, but, you know, Joe Milton has lost his job, or Joe Milton has lost his job before. Know, really twice, but he, like Anthony Richardson and a little bit of Will Levis, possess all the tools to be a really, really good quarterback. 
It's about finding consistency. It's about finding winning and all that type of stuff. And and Levis in 2022 was piss poor. He was pathetic, um, to be completely honest with you. Anthony Richardson was never consistent uh, with his play or his throws, to, to be completely accurate. He was not just that, right? Um, but NFL drafts, NFL uh, organizations valued Richardson and Levis because of what they could be, what they can turn into. Levis slid to the second round after being a, a universally accepted first round quarterback for the entire process. There was a lot of chatter that he would go number one overall, top five for sure. Will Levis slides to the second round where the Tennessee Titans move up to get him? Um, but Anthony Richardson went fourth overall to the Indianapolis Colts, division rival of the Titans. So could Joe Milton follow in those footsteps? We'll see. A CBS Sports put out uh, potential quarterbacks who could emerge as potential uh, first-round draft picks with standout 2023 campaigns. They go on to say, hey, um, you know who could be this year? C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna list them here. They go ahead and list the Caleb Williams and Drake May kind of lead this group. They're gonna be top five, top ten picks. They're gonna lead the quarterback group. They acknowledge the Quinn Ewers of Texas, Bo Nix of Oregon, and Michael Penix Jr. of Washington are in that first-round conversation for sure, first, second round. That, that's kind of the, the cream of the crop of the quarterback class for 2024. But they do list some other quarterbacks who could emerge in this conversation, and Joe Milton is the second name listed right behind LSU's Jaden Daniels. What they say about Joe Milton. Can Milton have the same rise at quarterback that Hendon Hooker did last season? Milton has a cannon of an arm, and that's why he will be considered a riser among NFL brass heading into the fall. Milton will have a chance to thrive under Tennessee coach Josh Heupel and new offensive coordinator Joey Halsley, uh, who most recently worked as the quarterback's coach with the Vols before his promotion. Milton and Hooker built or battled it out heading into the 2022 season before Hooker ultimately won the starting job and led Tennessee to its second best record, uh, to its best record in 21 seasons. Hooker uh, did not win the job. Hooker stepped in after injury. Milton started the first three, two games of the season. So, again, you know, this inaccuracy there, but it is what it is. Um, so, led, led Tennessee to its best uh, record in 21 years. Milton will have to win another quarterback comp competition against star freshman Nico Iamaliava, but it appears he is the leader in the clubhouse. He's going to be your starting quarterback, guys. I mean, there, there's no competition, okay? There's no competition. Classic example, national media, local beat media, I know the team, um, whereas I'm diving in 20 foot deep. They're diving in 20 yards across, one foot deep on all these teams. Uh, that's okay. Um, you know, just It's the difference in how you do the job, right? But anyway, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there from Joe Milton. Um, he's going to win the job. He's going to be Tennessee's starter. Can he find consistency? Can he, can he win at a, at a high level? Can he make high-level throws? No, we're going to have to find out. But, I mean, that's the challenge for Joe Milton. Other quarterbacks who could emerge as a potential first-round uh, QBs, According to CBS Sports, Jaden Daniels of LSU, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, Spencer Rattler of South Carolina should be in this conversation because the way he ended the 2022 season, the way he played against Tennessee, the way he played against Clemson, the way he played against Notre Dame, he looked really good at the end of the year. He looked really good at the end of the year. And um Potentially was channeling his old self from 2020 at Oklahoma, but we haven't seen a consistent Spencer Rattler playing at that level since being at South Carolina until those last few games. So if Spencer Rattler can find you know some type of level of play like that, maybe not as good as that, but maybe slightly under it or a little bit below it, 
you know, he will 100% be in this conversation. Remember, he was anointed the Heisman Trophy winner before he took a snap in 2021. He was the second coming, right? Um, but ultimately, it didn't work out there. But he looked good in the last couple of uh, games. He'll have a chance to repeat and do all that stuff in 2022. Jordan Travis of Florida State's in this conversation. DJ Ugalele, right? Former Clemson quarterback who's now at Oregon State. Not buying that whatsoever. I think he sucks. That's just me. And then the last one, I'm getting a little hoarse because it's like the fourth video I've done today. The last one I'm on board with, Tyler Van Dyke of Miami. Much, much, much like... Devin Leary of NC, of NC State, now at Kentucky. Those two guys were hyped up as two of the best quarterbacks entering the 2022 season. They took steps back. Their team wasn't nearly as good. Um, they're both coming back now with new situations in 2023. But Tyler Van Dyke was certainly in that conversation for sure. They, they say this on Van Dyke. Came into the 2022 season as a sophomore who was expected to take a big leap after an impressive freshman season. A potential day one pick because of his strong arm. Van Dyke missed some time with a right shoulder injury. Miami struggled with Mario Cristobal's 5-7 and seven season. In the offseason, the Hurricanes replaced O.C. Joe Gaddis with Houston quarterback coach Shannon Dawson, yada yada. And uh, they're hoping to get a better, a better version of Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, so something to track here, some of these quarterbacks. But uh, Joe Milton's definitely going to be, a, a lot of eyes are going to be on him to see if he can take that leap and potentially be in the conversation with the Caleb Williams, the Drake Mays, the Quinn Ewers, I don't know how Bo Nix is in that conversation, but he is. And and honestly, Michael Penix Jr. had a great year and everything, but I don't know how he's in that conversation. We will see. But again, all eyes are going to be on the Tennessee quarterback, much like it has been uh, at least the last year. What a show. A lot of information thrown at you. Let me know what you think on Tennessee's defense. Should it be elite? Does it have to be elite? Let me know if you think Joe Milton can be a 2021 first-round quarterback. And uh, let me know where you think Tennessee stacks up heading into the new season if you were to put out your own power rankings. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. You everydayers coming back um, each and every day. That's what it is. I uh, can't thank you enough for making this show go. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel. And uh, please follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll come back. A couple of interviews tomorrow. We continue to look at Tennessee's schedule moving forward. This is Locked On Balls.